0: hello and welcome to DKI digital era entertainment's weekly anime podcast this is episode number 86 i'm your host joel and with me today i have mario hello 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 yes we are at episode number 86 86 just like the show that i am most behind on this season but that's by design because i binged the first season i kind of want to binge the second one
1: I mean, you can't argue with that logic <laughs> like it, for some shows. It's, it honestly is better to to just do that sit down binge, especially if uh, they're the kind of show that kind of relies on cliffhangers. <laughs> yeah, so it is. I guess it's one also, of those kinds of shows.
0: Also, it just lets me sort of punt it down the road because I have a lot of shows that, that I'm watching as always and to have sort of one that I can say, all right, I saw the first three episodes. It's still doing as good as it was last season. I'm going to put this one a bit on the back burner so I have it as like a between-seasons thing. I'm actually going to need to catch up on it probably in the next week or two um, just because it has a chance to be in my top ten for the year and I need to have a better grasp of it all. Uh, mm-hmm. But fortunately, for the first time in several weeks, I don't have anything this weekend. So literally, tomorrow and Sunday, I'm planning on just vegging out and binging a ton of anime. I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Nice. Sounds yeah, like you were, you're going to be well-prepared. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: I'm back from Frontier. Uh, I was able to catch up on all my stuff before Frontier, but then didn't see most of the stuff that came out because most anime airs on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so Surprise. I haven't seen that, and it's been a busy week for me. So I am one to two episodes behind on most things, but uh, pretty caught up. I've also been watching a couple episodes of To Your Eternity, which is the very, very heavy feels one, from earlier in the year that I've had some very high recommendations from, which also has some top 10 potential. So I've been going out of my way. I watched like four episodes of that yesterday to at least, you know, put a dent in the 20 episodes that have aired thus far. Um, Yeah, my guess is I'm going to spend basically one day this weekend catching up on all the weeklies because that'll be, you know, eight, nine-ish episodes. And then the rest is going to be just on To Your Eternity, eighty six and uh remake our life because mario that's one that you have directed me to actually really sink my teeth into before the end of the year uh oh, yes. what have you been up to i know that the one that i have directed you and sort of mandated okay you need to see this one is vv fluoride eyes song have you had a chance to watch any of that yet
1: <clears throat> uh nope but it is on that same directive list uh because yeah <laughs> uh I, as i was reminded of uh at anime NYC, uh when Anaplex uh ran the trailer for that show during their uh their industry panel i was like oh right this looks awesome this there's a reason why this is (laughs) in high contendership and on the must watch list so it will it will definitely be binged uh at some point before we finish up our anime of the year list um but yeah, no, in terms in terms of the weeklies, I actually did manage to stay on top of stuff. And actually, two of the shows that I've been following um, over the course of the season finally came to an end. Uh, they were the two light and fluffy trash shows that uh, I decided to stick with along with Lara. Uh, specifically, Tawawa on Monday 2 and Ganbare Doki-chan. Uh, I'm going to start with Tawawa, much like the way and that Lara...
0: is a short form. Is uh, Doki-chan also a short form?
1: Yes, both of them are short form, um, which is part of why it was, you know, really, really easy, easy to, to kind of catch them. up on those week to week. Yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> even if we watch nothing else, it's like, OK, we can spare 10 minutes to watch these two shows. <laughs> um, so funny enough, with Tawawa on Monday, I went into it completely blind. I had just seen a couple of things uh, on Instagram that piqued my interest. I'm like, oh, this could be interesting. And we gave it a shot, thought, OK, all right, you know, this is, this is trash, but it's, that's kind of cute. We'll we'll give it a shot. Um, what we did before getting to the last episode, because uh, again, since I was going into this blind and the original season came out back in 2016, uh, I figured, you know what? These are short form episodes. Let's back, watch the uh, first season. Yeah. Uh, Cause the main thing I was curious about was seeing how much uh, connectivity and carryover there was from the original show. First off, you can definitely tell that they got a bigger budget for the the animation. Like the the first season was nothing to sneeze at, but it's like, yeah, they <laughs> they got budget this season. Also, there's um,
0: four or five years of just technological improvement to work with.
1: As well as that, so it's like it's a a, a convergence of all these items uh, that really do stick out when you go back to season two. Um, but other than, two, well, I mean, two of the the the. Plot lines that were very consistent in season two were also uh present in season one. Um, one of them got a little shortchanged, but I think that was because they wanted to introduce other recurring storylines. And the thing I liked about season two, after taking a look at season one, uh, they were very consistent in the the uh multiple storylines that they juggled, and they all do kind of converge at the end, which is it's nice. Uh they they have a moment in the the final episode where you see like all the different characters who are involved in these threads all kind of intersect at this one one particular moment in someone else's storyline uh and it's it's very it's very satisfying it's like they don't interact with each other directly but it's cool to see like one of these you know happenstances of life uh playing out after you've been on this little journey for multiple weeks um So, yeah, overall, uh, both of these shows, I have to be very clear, while they were fun little distractions, I wouldn't even put them on an honorable mention list. Like, they are very much like... Also, they're they're
0: short form, that generally speaking, we're not going to put those on our, you know, top of the year list just by virtue of them being very, very different. That you're never going to expect something that is five or even 15 minutes a week to be able to stand up against something that is 22 to 30 minutes a week
1: yeah it's very very rare like the the only two um examples i can think of are uh senyu which i couldn't remember the title of uh many moons ago when we were on the subject of short forms um which basically was a big old final fantasy parody like there's a character who basically is cloud it's hilarious Mm -hmm. um and, and of course, Secko Boys. <laughs> like, that, that, that was just 12 short episodes of excellence, and I'm so sad we've never gotten another follow-up yeah, to that. The,
0: the, we've, as you mentioned, discussed short-form series. We actually have a whole episode on it. I don't remember which episode number, but we have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two that I will normally point people toward are Crossing Time, which is just a delightful, like, three- to five-minute, really bite-sized one, all about, happenings and just interactions of people at train station crossings during those few minutes while the bars are down and the train is going by while they're waiting uh and the other is space patrol lulico because yeah. trigger just going trigger happy about their trigger stuff mm-hmm. and being even less restrained than usual because it's a miniseries
1: exactly um so to to kind of continue on so that that's tawawa on monday 2 i would recommend seeing both seasons but if you have to just kind of stick to one you're fine just jumping in with season 2 with minimal context cuz the only real context you need from season 1 is that you know the the premise like the titular premise pun partly intended there uh is is that you know the main girl and this this rando salary man always end up on the train together every Monday. Like that's it, they explore it slightly more in season one, but not enough that it's required viewing. So if you want something light and fluffy, five minutes of your time, Tawawa Monday season two. Um, so Gambare Doki Chan, uh, that one of the two, it still is very much like based off of very particular types of manga. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case uh, particular types of artwork. Um, but it turned out to be very cute, very wholesome, e- even with the moments of fan service, which says a lot. Cause again, these are five minute shorts. Um, it, it ended as a potentially multi-season romance anime would, but man, if it wasn't like a really fun and cute ride uh, from start to finish, uh, highly recommend that one as well. Again, not not like a must see if you miss it. Oh no, whatever. But it was it was really fun, and I would argue uh, a much better show overall, given the amount of time they had to work with, uh, compared to tawawa Monday. Like it's it's an actual cute, wholesome romance story that just has trashy fan service moments because that was you know where the original artwork for this this show came from. Uh, so that's, th- those are the two that are finally over for me for the season. And then I've been keeping up with uh, Muv Love Alternative as well as uh, World's Finest Assassin. I caught up with this week's episodes uh, basically like about an hour before we, we got yeah,
0: on you live here. I posted a very surprised gif about Assassin. And like I said, I am oh, yes. not caught up. <laughs> oh. But you said it's a good thing, so oh. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I'll um, I'll, I'll I'll get into it without getting into it, so as to not spoil you. But um, that that was the one that I definitely wanted to spend more time on. Uh, let me just quickly touch on Muvlov, though. Um, so Muvlov, they've gone into kind of a weird place. Uh, there is, there is a side story that they're examining right now, which is, is still I would say mission critical to the main plot, but it definitely feels like this is the kind of thing that they really needed either like a full side story to, to like, yeah, I got to or...
0: that point. Like I said, I'm only one yeah. episode behind on that. We're basically, we're going to go into a little bit of spoiler territory. I'm
1: fine doing that. Cause we're I'll having right <laughs> pseudo civil
0: war stuff.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Where there's, you know, in addition to the ongoing invasion of killer aliens, there's now disagreements amongst the humans of how are we going to handle things? Uh, You know, are we going to manage refugees and whatnot? And there has been a coup and uh, a not insignificant portion of the government has been assassinated, including the father of one of the main characters. And yeah. And keep in mind, this is with the backdrop of the ever advancing encroaching aliens. Yep. and like you said Mario this is something that i feel would probably benefit from a longer thing so it's now making me wonder all right is this actually building up to be a two core series and we just don't know it yet or are they going to rush it big time
1: yeah and that's that's kind of the vibe i'm getting right now like i've i've been pointing out this entire run how brisk the pacing is <laughs> like almost uncomfortably. So, and this, this episode, and, and it's this done
0: week... a good job of towing that line that it's never felt uncomfortably breakneck where it's like, Oh geez, I don't know what's going on. Or I feel like something was severely undercut because of the pacing, but you can tell they're not taking any free beats just to do, you know, like full episodes of character building. It's, all business
1: and that's where this week kind of suffers from that like they finally stepped on that landmine um oh no there were points in this week's episode where i was struggling to remember certain characters and why i should actually care about some of the things that were happening i'm like ooh, that's yeah it was one of those episodes and i'm like oh that's not good (laughs) that's not good So it's it, this is this is why I'm saying now. I think it really would have benefited them to take a little more, like even just another episode or two's worth of time building up in yeah, the middle. It's currently of slated
0: for twelve, and I think this is episode nine that was out this week.
1: Uh, I think this was episode ten. 11, 10. <laughs> that's why I'm like, oh no, <laughs> look, we are we are doing a speed run, or we are going to leave this hanging. Neither of which seems very appealing. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's Love. Love. And then freaking World's Finest Assassin. So first off, I have been singing the praises of this show since I started watching it. Uh, I will continue to do so. And let me just show you uh, or let me let me express to you all the (laughs) the big isekai energy that this show is exuding here. (laughs) They give us in one episode, both, both. A slice of a beach episode and a slice of a hot springs episode. Porque no los dos? Exactly. And here's the thing, it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it works. Still, the uh, link knows how to pick them. They do. Um, so it. I'll be honest. The 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 beach episode part was a little arbitrary, but it seems like they were using it to to kind of you know lean into where the episode was gonna go and the hot springs bit very different from where we normally see these episodes go. And Oh God, Oh God, what, what it builds to. This is one where you do not skip the episode after the, the credits uh, start rolling. Like, there was a post credit scene, and that is why I was losing my damn mind over in our Discord, which we will leave a link to for those of you who are watching live. <laughs> but the, the gif in question uh, was my actual verbal response when that ending of the episode started, like before the the credits hit, and then it was repeated emphatically, audibly, mind you, when I saw the post credits, I'm like, oh, this is going to get real. Way- <laughs> wow. Wow. Like, I genuinely. I'm, excited. Can't wait to- I'm very excited to catch up on this because yeah, they threw everything like curveball. this every
0: day, Mario. So it must have done something.
1: They threw a damn curveball, but like not, not a weird, dumb, confusing curveball. More of a, oh, like because of how well they've made you invest in the characters, it's one of those. Oh God, no, how are we going to deal with this kind of curveballs? I am excited. It is so good. So cool. and, and I, I just want to also emphasize this because this never came up at any point. I could understand why from Crunchyroll's marketing perspective. I'm I'm a little amused that none of us brought this up for any reason. You realize who the original light novel author was, right?
0: I have not looked into this. <laughs>
1: It's the same author. Brace yourself. I'm glad we're all sitting down for this because I would say sit down for this. It's the same light novel author as Redo of Healer.
0: Oh, I do think I remember reading that somewhere.
1: And now, now a lot of things probably make a lot of sense when you yeah, when you so take that cool knowledge listener. and apply. It to everything I haven't we actually
0: did. seen Redo of Healer. Uh, I just you know, know it's that hard. it's a thing. <laughs> It, and I understand that it's very strong in its uh, spiciness, shall we say?
1: It is porn. I'm I'm just going to call spade yeah. a spade. It is it is porn. Uh, it might as well be a hentai, but it is a hentai that has enough plot that they can trim trim the porny bits. It's basically like uh, you know the kite from back in the '90s. It's the kind of thing where it's like you can just get rid of all the porn stuff, and you have yourself like you know a gritty action story so much so that they can adapt it into a live-action Hollywood film featuring Samuel L. Jackson. But that is another rant for a later topic in today's episode. <laughs> but to to put a pin in this, uh, now that you know who originally wrote um, uh, World's Finest Assassin, it it should really make you appreciate the versatility of this author, because it's like, oh, so you can actually... And don't get me wrong, there's cool, fan
0: service yeah. in this series. There is some... There's some very, very fan servicey fan service especially like in the first couple minutes of episode one there's some fan service and it Mm -hmm. happens throughout a lot of the characters are well endowed but you know as per my usual fan service rant it doesn't undermine the character interactions
1: yes uh see see also i mean minor minor note here for this week's episode yeah no there is a lot of um equal opportunity fan service uh because again we have we have a, a hot spring scene but they they spend a lot of time uh, in that sequence, uh, but it is genuine. I, I say this unequivocally. It is for the benefit of the plot. This is not like some fan service for the sake of fan service. It's like, it's genuine plot. And I was like, all right. Okay, well, well played show. Well played. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, this this show continues to impress me. Uh, and the build that they keep uh, just drip feeding towards with, you know, the goddess- Uh, you know, reincarnating new people in, like, these intervals and watching it fail, there's another, like, big drop that comes with that. Like, they have set something up, and I'm like, oh, God, please tell me more!
0: Tell me more! The big thing that I am also wondering about this series is the one sort of gripe I have with a lot of Silverlink shows is that they're mostly, like, novel adaptations that have longer runs, that they're not going to be done in a single season now Silverlink is usually very good about wrapping things up in a single season such that if it doesn't get continued that it has a at least semi-satisfying conclusion or resolution even if the main plot at hand in story is not done that they don't just leave it totally open like crazy mid plot line uh that it's you know we've finished whatever major obstacle at hand and are looking forward to the future type of thing. And I'm
1: that's what you do. fully confident. Fully confident. That's where they're going with this. If that's how it's going to play out. Like there is no way that this is not going to have even a semi-conclusive ending with where they've set things yeah, up. That, that, like, that's oh, the thing. Oh, that, oh, oh, shoot it but at the same veins. time,
0: they've also been pretty good about having ones that have been successful be continued that, um, uh, demon King, He's gonna be getting a second season. We're gonna be getting a third season for villainess. We're getting a second season for um uh why am I blanking on the thing, Realist Hero? So at the very least, it's even if we're not gonna see the end of it, they sometimes keep going that it, when they find a hit, they're like, Okay, this was good, this was profitable, this was popular, we will keep it up absolutely so if this one performs well we might be able to see more whether or not we do uh remains to be seen but you know what we're not getting more of transition
1: (laughs) Ha ha! well played my friend well played we set this one up (laughs) and we are just spiking it (laughs) look at us pulling a silver link go for it
0: uh just yesterday in fact around this time yesterday it was announced that netflix will not be renewing Cowboy Bebop for a second season. I'm disappointed, Mario. I'm very disappointed on multiple levels. We've already discussed the show at length, and we've said that it wasn't perfect, for sure. I think it was better than most people give it credit for.
1: Except for Jet and Ein. (laughs) Giant asterisk. (laughs) But yes, please go on.
0: And... Some people outright did not like the show. The thing that I am most disappointed about is that I worry this will hurt the live-action adaptation chances of other shows. That if Bebop, a series that is not a long-running one, something that is only 26 episodes in its original, I feel like they could have concluded the series in a second season and just been done, called it a day. I don't know how other series are supposed to be able to have a chance when Bebop can't get a second season when it was still one of the best that we've had even if it's even if you didn't like it it wasn't an embarrassment of a show I think I, well then again some people thought it was bottom line is it I hope this doesn't make too many other studios skittish. I think that the One Piece production is safe because One Piece is such a huge thing and they've already announced the cast that pulling the plug on that would probably be a bit more difficult. But it makes you wonder if for things like the Yu Yu Hakusho one, which isn't as big as it used to be, and a couple of the other ones that might be simmering in writers' rooms... If there are going to be some plugs getting pulled, even if there are ones that we as the public don't see, that are there ones that, you know, might have been sort of in the queue and they said, all right, if Bebop does well, we're going to green light these, and now they're just not even going to have a chance to get off the ground
1: well i i believe i said this uh over in our discord again going to plug that for those of you who are watching live because seriously like when the news broke we just lit up our uh i think it was the movies and tv thread that we have over in our <laughs> our our discord uh because yeah, this is one I of those really it in the anime out-quote. thread
0: and then was yeah. promptly directed like already discussing the movies tv
1: yeah so like again that we've we've had active discussions among not just the the d team but you know part of our community as well um you know the the ones that I would argue are pretty much safe, at least for the time being, would be one piece because they are already well into production. And we know that we know that Netflix can be a little, you know trigger happy with the cancellations. See also my rant about glow in that same thread, like as soon as we were wrapping that whole discussion up. <laughs> but uh, they at least finish a thing before they cancel. like they'll they'll give you a season and then they'll cancel the thing. But they'll at least finish what they've started just to see if it lands. Um so I would argue one piece is safe. Gundam uh I'm a little 50-50 on that but my understanding is they are in active production. So even if they pull the plug on future uh, Gundam projects at Netflix at very least the one that they are already actively working on is going to be seen to to the end cuz yeah. again they've they uh, started the gambling
0: really the gambling term here is pot committed
1: yeah yeah and this is where going back to your concern about you Yu Hakusho. show i said this in our thread as well i don't like you Yu Hakusho's shows odds because they haven't committed to the pot like they haven't even like announced a cast there, as there's far as no we know, cast it's...
0: it it sounds like they're in early it, script development which is that's right where plot. something is likely to get the plug pulled on it
1: exactly and like, like i speaking, said speaking it, from a, a production perspective like if i'm sitting there you know in the boardroom and these are my options yeah, I'm going to pull the plug on Yu, Yu Haka Show because we've invested nothing in it aside from like maybe a little bit for, you know, the writers' fee for the scripts. If that's if that's the only loss we're taking, it's an acceptable loss yeah, versus that happens Hey, every we filmed day. we filmed the, half there... of this series already and everyone thinks it's going to suck. Yeah, but we spent all that money. Let's at least get some of it back, like screw it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that's that's again why I'm I'm assessing it from this kind of perspective. But like perspective.
0: I said, also it's just the thing of Any number of projects that we might not be privy to that are, you know, being pitched that if somebody comes into the Netflix offices today saying, all right, I want to get a live adaptation of Code Geass because I got to get that mentioned. And there we go. Yeah, they're going to be less likely today to green light it than they were a week ago.
1: Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Um, and I, I wonder about bigger studios, but I think they're probably still going to take a chance. And here's why, um, uh, this, this was a TV series at the end of the day. This was not a, a full tentpole feature film with a tentpole feature film budget. This yeah. was, this was basically a sci-fi channel original series. I know I said this very disparagingly before, but again,
0: you're not um, wrong.
1: Yeah. This, that's basically what just went belly up. So. In terms of adapting for live-action series, yeah, odds are probably not good, no matter what platform you go to, because they'll be like, "Oh, but Bebop didn't do so well." We'll ignore the fact that there are so many other factors that go into that, but we've already had that discussion. Um, But for for studio executives, they're going to see that and immediately be like, "Oh no, we're not going to try that." But we haven't tried a movie, and there are still major uh, there are still major properties that have you know been in early, early development for at least two or three years now, yeah, that we will see at that, some indeterminate point. So for yeah. films, there are there's still a chance is my point. Yeah, it's I just would a matter of how films those have films do. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. Because <laughs> mm, yep. oh no, yep. if if those like if they put a full tent pole budget into into like for example, uh I'm just gonna say my hero academia, because that's probably one of the farthest along behind the scenes. Like if they throw like dc money because i think it's a warner brothers joint so uh, you know what let's not even say dc let's just say that they throw like godzilla money (laughs) into into my hero academia and it ends up flopping hard then we're gonna have a bit of we're not gonna
0: see anything coming out of at least that particular studio for five years
1: <clears throat> That's being generous, because then other other studios are going to see that as uh, a, a lack of yeah, confidence. Yeah, just an
0: indicator of the market acceptance and stuff that, yeah, that other studios will be less likely, but, you know, that one in particular at the very least. And we've seen it happen before, and it, it's a cycle that anime is just—it's been tougher even so than video games, which— makes sense because usually the stories in anime are longer and a bit more winding than the ones you have in video games.
1: But this that, is what uh, frustrates me because we've, we've seen uh, so many good comic book adaptations, especially post MCU. Like let's, let's just be real. Once Iron Man dropped, there was no longer any excuse for any of these kinds of adaptations to be of a shoddy quality because between that and the Dark Knight, proving that the viability of these stories for adaptation, and then seeing the consistent growth, especially of Marvel, because they actually, you know, took their time with it as opposed to pulling a Universal with their Dark Universe and trying to shoehorn it all into a, a subpar reboot film of one of their legendary franchises, of which we did a radio drama adaptation of one of those reboots, <laughs> 1999's The Mummy. You're welcome. <laughs> We're just shoehorning all the references in today, but um. You well, look the at difference that.
0: there is that the comic book movies, at least in the, the new MCU era, is that they are doing looser adaptations, that they are taking the characters and some basic plot points, but that I would say 75% of what we saw in Bebop was faithful to the original series recreated in live action then 25% of it was retooled but most of it was sort of shot for shot um, and this is this is where it gets and, and, and the really difference weird. is that a lot of people i know wanted them to not do that a lot of people said i want them to take the characters in universe of bebop and do their own thing and i think it's just a matter of well i think it, i think it's twofold i think one that writers need to decouple themselves away from the source material and be more open to writing those types of things. And two, and this is the part that we have no way of knowing as the general public, of, you know, I, I don't mean to stereotype here, but historically speaking, Japanese companies as a whole are much more restrictive with their IP than American companies. and mangakas and uh, manga publishers and anime studios in particular are very protective of their IPs. And I wonder what their appetite is for looser adaptations a la MCU. Because my guess is that there might be a few who are open to it, but just looking at historical trends... It's likely that they are a little bit behind the times in their openness to such approaches, shall we say?
1: And you've actually and, set me up for one of the yeah. counterpoints I was going to bring up uh, because that this is why I said this is where it gets weird. You do also need to be able to, I mean, this this isn't something that you can really, you know, go to school for. Go to school for this is in many ways, uh, kind of an instinctual. Uh, a creative decision that you're going to have to make, and that is, you know, the the looseness or the fidelity of your adaptation. Um, going back to the MCU, you're right. In a lot of ways, there was a lot of free form, but there was there was a lot of uh, a lot of anchoring and reverence for the source material in a way that didn't feel like it was too much like the comics or too much a departure. And to continue on with that, you wanted an example of something that went completely in the direction of, oh, boy, how did Japan even say that this was a good idea? Dragon Ball Evolution.
0: Yeah, that's the thing of just you see something like Dragon Ball Evolution. You see that it was it happened.
1: It sure happened
0: (laughs) 20 years ago now. It's been a while. And that was as far from the source material as you can get. And obviously it tanked hard.
1: It's been like 11 or 12 years. And that here's the other problem. And this ties back to one of the criticisms that I was very vocal about and still will be vocal about for Cowboy Bebop. They under, well, besides all of the very uh, (laughs) ill-advised to be polite about it, the ill-advised diversion from the source material that was uh, put into the story um, the budget was not there. I say this over and over and over again. I haven't said it on this podcast because I haven't had the opportunity to get on that soapbox, but this is that time. We have been given not just one, but two perfect examples in modern Hollywood cinema of being able to do a Dragon Ball fight correctly. Those are the Neo versus Smith fight from the Matrix Revolutions and Superman Zod from the Man of Steel. If you watch those films, especially the latter one, because seriously, you just palette swap Goku and Vegeta for Superman and Zod, you it's got yourself a, a Dragon Ball fight. It's been a long time
0: <laughs> since I've seen Man of Steel. I saw it in the theaters, haven't seen it since. I Even never thought about it from that perspective, but from what I recall,
1: oh my god, yeah, yeah, no, like yeah. If, you, if you don't rewatch the rest of the movie and just watch that fight, uh, yeah, uh, Neo Ivan in our our notes uh, thread that we have for the show, just just look at this gif. like look at that, and don't tell me that that's not a Dragon Ball fight, just palette swapped with with DC characters, <laughs> like come on. Come on, like, and this is what I keep talking about with, you know, the difference in budget. I know that that is such an arbitrary uh, attribute to assign here, but look at the difference that it makes. Like, you can actually capture the -the over-the-top nature of of these anime with the right amount of budget behind it. You know, Dragon Ball Evolution, you basically had off-brand airbending hand farts for Kamehameha's. Meanwhile, <laughs> over over in, you know, friggin' Man of Steel, uh, you got I-beams that were way more convincing and people punching each other with the ferocity and speed that you would see in, you know, some of the greatest Dragon Ball fights of which we screamed about, you know, just the other week. <laughs> like, come on! Like, this this is why I keep saying certain things need to be adapted at a certain level. And that was why I was worried about Bebop because it, it I, I applaud the effort. But it was not one of those things that should have been done at the TV level. You need that over-the-top budget. Uh, that being said, one of the things I'm, very- can I'm be, done be comparing at the it to TV level,
0: but it needs an HBO budget.
1: I-, I was gonna say one of the things I'm definitely gonna be comparing it to, and you you definitely will understand this because we were both watching the game awards last night, the Halo series for Paramount Plus. They are putting Star Trek money into Halo, Star Trek money. Star Trek shows, even though they are on their streaming service, do not have that, that you know, we're almost at the budget I will say that Halo threshold.
0: has a, just a perhaps subtle advantage, but one that I think people are not going to even consciously realize of why it is going to be a massive advantage, and that is the fact that Master Chief doesn't have a face. The fact that they're just going to be able to have him put on that mask, which is going to look one-to-one as it does in the game, and that you don't need to worry about the facial uncanny valley of, this looks like the character but not quite, will never exist for Master Chief. And I think that's actually going to be a subtle, That I think that's going to be a, a small thing that's going to make a big impact, even if people don't really register it.
1: eh. You're you're not wrong. Like that that definitely works in the pros column. But in terms of just the overall presentation, that's what I'm really trying to focus on here. Because oh, yeah. like, don't you get see me some... don't get me
0: wrong. That this is sort of a side note to it all. That uh, I do agree they are putting a lot of budget into it. That it looked like a Hollywood type thing, or at the very least, it you could tell that we're working with a greater budget than what Netflix had for Bebop.
1: And that's what I'm saying. Like it it, it, it it's like you said. You need to if you're going to do a TV budget there's a certain limit that you're going to need to go over in this case like you have to go like you said prestige budget so hbo like we're talking game of thrones budget we're talking paramount with star trek budget you know like that's that was the only way bebop was going to work you can't do that on sci-fi original movie budget i'm sorry and it was sci-fi plus plus
0: but but it was was still still
1: sci-fi And that's the problem. That's what I, I I know it's, it's really splitting hairs, but it's one of those things that these small differences add up to the overall experience. If they, if they had at least put the extra effort, there would be less for people to be disappointed in is what I'm saying. And that was like, if they had done a series of movies, you know, release like a cowboy bebop movie every, you know, every other year or something, then they could have invested more of those resources into the, into the overall presentation. And they could have taken those risks and people would have been more forgiving, I would, I would think. Um, so that's that's kind of where I I kind of come back to. And I'm glad that you know, we we're gonna have the Halo series to to compare to just to kind of make this point clear. It's like, look, you can adapt these, for all intents and purposes, geek properties, but you need to put the investment. That is why they are going to work. Because you if you come up too short in the in the expectation department for the visuals. I know that that is a very superficial thing. If you lose people from, from the off, you're going to have a hard time winning them back, especially if you're yeah. making very, very and bold changes them, that may not agree and some with people everybody. people just won't
0: even walk in the door. Exactly. If, exactly. if the window dressing doesn't look good, you won't get them in. And yeah. It's like, you could have, you could a have big the thing most thing amazing well.
1: story, but you know, if it, if it looks, if it looks like it's going to be, you know, just a high budget fan film, and I say this, you know, building our brand off of fan films. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is not this is not a slight against and, the craft, and but it's just we're a, all ragging here. Like, yeah,
0: Bebop is the closest we've gotten to something great in a long time, and yes. that and I think that's what disappoints me most because yes. this wasn't a utter total failure of oh my gosh what were they thinking how did this ever get approved it's clear there was no love into it, it did they even watch the source material they watched the source material they the did writing was good the characters were good the the they budget tried. might not they have been genuinely there, tried there was effort and it was close it was painfully close it was uncanny valley levels of close for and just that, not just the visuals yeah. but also like sort of uncanny valley in terms of overall satisfaction of just Mm -hmm. like i want to say this is great and i can't say it's great and that makes it feel all the worse because it is so close
1: exactly thank you thank you and thank you for hammering home uncanny valley because that was one of the first things that i said when i was giving my my critique of what i had been able to see of bebop up to that point like uncanny valley is unfortunately the way to describe that presentation that's what it ended up being, um, and God, I was about to make another point, uh, and I got totally sidetracked because I'm now I'm now just yeah, staring just like, at this yeah hey, But not, not even on uncanny <laughs> level of
0: visuals, but like uncanny valley levels of enjoyment. Of it's like it's it's so close to being really, oh, really good, and it's better remember, than we um, have for most things already.
1: But it's not there yet. And we can say that Hollywood can do anime because of the most unlikely source. But tell me, I'm wrong because everyone agreed with this when we first saw even the trailers for this Pacific Rim. Yeah. Put that yeah. kind of a, put that kind of a budget and that kind of a team on an anime property. They just gave us like one of the greatest, you know, uh, giant robot films that is not actually yeah. based off. You, or an anime. Do you want to,
0: do you want to do something crazy quirky with, you know, a romantic subplot but also lots of weird crazy pop-up comic book type visuals and still have it be one of the best films like you're ever gonna see and a love letter i direct you to scott pilgrim
1: yeah yeah so like we we live in a world where we have pacific rim and scott pilgrim so the bar the bar is set like <laughs> it is possible to clear that bar but again, look at what I've been hammering home for why I think something like Bebop fell short and why I think any attempt to do certain types of anime adaptation will fall short perpetually if these resources are not sank in. Like, those both had budget. Yes, they both got killed at the box office, but that's because terrible marketing. And in some cases- But they went on to know, become
0: cult classics.
1: Th- but that's that's where, where I'm going to say, like, In the end, they won because who the hell cares about like Grown Ups (laughs) 2? Yes, it kicked Scott Pilgrim's ass at the box office. But does anyone talk about Grown Ups 2 in in 2021? Hell no. Did they do a special, uh, you know, 10th anniversary re-release in 4K, you know, like totally gussed up with some bonus music for Grown Ups 2 or Eat Pray Love? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, no. I appreciate
0: that you recall the exact films that were in the box office that weekend because you're right. Those I'll were never forget. there. I'll never forget.
1: I mean, for crying out loud, like, we made jokes about that in the Scott Pilgrim's uh, exhibition that we did at New York Comic-Con 2010. <laughs> like, they are they immortalized with all the vitriol you would expect <laughs> because it is, uh, it is infuriating that those movies – were the reason why studios foolishly thought oh no this can't make us money because people you know you you you're going off of what the general public got and you didn't market this in a way to hook the general public like this was a slam dunk hey kids do you like giant robots and godzilla movies well boy do we have something for you hey kids do you like punching and really, really good rock music and a bunch of famous people you really like? Well, watch them play really good rock music and punch each other in the face. Also, it looks like a comic book come to life. Isn't that great? By the way, the guy who directed this is the guy who did Shaun of the Dead. You love that Shaun of the Dead and that Simon Pegg, don't you? Also, like,
0: goodness knows that cast has aged well because we've got ooh, uh, Captain Marvel in here. Yeah and um captain america captain marvel america. captain
1: adam slash one of the best supermen who got a second run at superman because thank god there is justice in this world because of like, the arrowverse <laughs> dude, that <laughs> makes me so happy that
0: at the very least you can tell that like the cast of scott pilgrim didn't get punished for their participation that oh no, you know far from some it. of them you don't see around as much but like the guy that played gideon was in Saving yeah. Mr. Banks, yeah, that no, Disney J- movie that was about right. um, uh, the Mary Poppins writer. He was in that movie. So he's yeah. still around, obviously. Jason um,
1: Schwartzman, to be fair, like he was a, a very well uh, well appreciated character actor even at the time and he, he still gets work. Like yeah. there's a reason he was an old reliable that they brought in for that role. Uh, I'm sorry, go on.
0: Yeah, but basically that, you know, this wasn't uh, Super Mario Brothers, level of bad where it destroyed careers that uh at the very least people were able to you know parlay them into more work and uh, be really seen because yeah great cast if you all it, it's really weird to think of how long scott pilgrim has gone on i don't want this to become a scott pilgrim podcast but go watch scott pilgrim it's really freaking good
1: and then when you're done with that watch pacific rim <laughs> like, <laughs> just just do it don't watch the pacific rim anime i've already said on this show it is not great I don't know how you could bungle an anime based off of live action anime, but they somehow managed to do it. Surprising nobody. It was also a Netflix joint. And I feel bad because I have friends who work at Netflix. They are lovely people. I know that they they do put a lot of heart into well, a lot of their stuff. they're not the
0: creative team. They're not the creative team on these projects. They and that's that. Things.
1: That's why I'm okay, just totally dragging Netflix for this episode because I'm just like, I'm, I'm sorry, I've got real passionate takes on this. And as as a content creator who wants to work with these bigger studios and properties, this is this is like a genuine point of of passion for me. So. Yeah. um yeah, go but go watch Scott Pilgrim and, and Pacific Rim, but moving along, yes. Yeah, We
0: are starting to run low on time, so I want to talk about a couple things, and that's cons. Cons are yes. back, baby, that obviously Woo! we already did the New York, or sorry, the Anime NYC uh, wrap-up, um, and I was at Anime Frontier last week, and day zero of Anime Frontier had a curveball for left-field media. In that, there was an announcement that one of the attendees from Anime NYC had the Omicron variant of COVID.
1: Which and, we, we did touch on uh, last week. So we'll, uh, we'll casually gloss over that because we've spent well, enough time on that for a podcast. So
0: I'll give in my two cents and then move on. And basically it's that for a 50,000-person event, the fact that one person had it and seems to have given it to a small number of their close friends, but that the head of the New York City Racing Department has said there is not evidence of widespread, uh, of widespread from Anime NYC. And that the day that it was announced was two weeks after the con. We are now three weeks after, and we have not seen people posting. If it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. Literally, that that's how it works. And the fact that we had one report and the, the small number of close people that they were traveling with, that is not surprising. But the fact that we're not seeing, all right, you know, there was a, a mass outbreak here, that, Left field media pulled the short straw. They got unlucky of, you know, statistically someone was going to turn up with it, and they, it sucks that they got nailed and they, got, they had to deal with that press cycle. But it could have been so much worse that people were, you know, showing of, all right, yeah, people were wearing masks. They had the vaccine checks. And obviously a couple of people are going to bring down their masks. You can't have eyes on 50,000 attendees. It's not possible. But that in relativity, the event was able to go without an outbreak. The The precautions worked. We're a week out now from anime frontier. Knock on wood. I was there the whole time. People were very cooperative with masks. A couple people I had to remind to bring them up, but I, there was nobody confrontational that made it inside at the very least. I heard that there was one or two cases of people being bozos at the door, but even then, not a significant portion, which is good. And... It was never going to be a flip the switch, cons are back, and we're going at full speed ahead. This was always going to be a slow and steady thing, but we're now seeing that with the combination of masks and vaccines and other precautions that we are being able to start this up again. We can go to cons again that obviously keep up the precautions, and things can change. Listen to scientists uh, that if something changes, we might need to backtrack but for now we're able to continue inching forward and it's very exciting Ooh, mario are you there
1: yep yep I, I was just uh letting you finish up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um i mean again uh, echoing a lot of things that we said uh, last week especially because you know with ken being on there both of us were at anime myc um and we we shared our our thoughts on the situation so uh, I'm just gonna leave it at that. Listen to last week's episode, <laughs> so that we can we can uh, continue onward with yep. uh, you know more more stuff about Frontier because again uh, Frontier. Uh, these these were you know two sides of the same coin really you know they're both left yep. field media productions. Uh, so what did we end up seeing down there that was of interest?
0: It was really good. So from an attendance standpoint, um, I don't know the exact numbers. I know it exceeded ten thousand. It sounds like it was somewhere in the ten to 13,000 range, um, and that meets and slightly exceeds what Leftfield wanted from it in its first year. Awesome. Leftfield has considered the convention a wild success. They've already announced their 2022 dates.
1: Hell yeah. Yay!
0: Um, for me, my role actually changed last minute. I was initially supposed to be working their green room, but on day zero, I was told, all right, we actually want you to be the uh assistant head of media management and sort of like doing some programming stuff and i got to work under our old buddy lance Haskell, which is you know just he is the he's one of the biggest names in the anime industry that nobody in the general public knows <clears throat>
1: As like, uh putting is, it mildly uh to, to give you an idea so he used to work at funimation he was one of their main marketing guys if he, you remember his final the... title
0: was director of corporate strategy he worked there for 14 years he is He's one of the godfathers of the anime industry,
1: yeah, like part of the reason why we we have <clears throat> anime in the u s to the degree that we do is because of the hustle of this man and the teams that he worked with over the years uh he is really good at his job. He is an awesome dude, <laughs> like I really appreciate this man uh so to to know that he's you know working working with our pals over at left field it 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 was one of the the best surprises I got this year. Um. So yeah, this he is, had when he left, we just, cannot understate this enough. Yeah. Like, or rather, we can't overstate this enough. Like this, this dude, he's the best. <laughs> Go on.
0: Yeah, and basically, uh, he left the anime industry about five, six years ago. Um, did the, his the great own funny exodus.
1: <laughs> that,
0: yeah, that he did a, a family business thing for a couple years, but obviously has decided that he wants to come back, and uh, he is now working full time with Left Field at. Um, And it's great to see him back in the game and, you know, just getting to interact with him again was so great. And he's going to be a huge resource for them, huge resource for just the convention scene as a whole, because, like Mario said, really good guy, insanely knowledgeable, and, uh, yeah, can't say enough about him. So it was an absolute delight getting to work under him. I was running around doing sound checks, a lot of panels. I did question screenings at some so um there was a amelie panel there was one for eric roth the son of arnie roth who uh, is the conductor of the distant world symphony that they had the new world symphony which is chamber orchestra music for final fantasy a concert at frontier and uh, so for those i did uh, question screening you know just making sure no one's going to ask anything stupid uh but also very important
1: sort of... <laughs> it's a very important job yeah, i cannot is. another thing i can't overstate as as someone who hosts a lot of q a's and has to get these questions filtered so yes you are doing you are doing the lord's work
0: <laughs> and oh, just man. A, i was doing a lot of i don't even want to say odd jobs but i was a flexible person on staff that i i wasn't crew i was proper staff um uh, I was compensated for my time very fairly. Uh, it treated me right, and it was just a pleasure to work with the left field team as always. And it was great to be at a convention again. But, oh, my gosh, my ankles and shins were not happy with me.
1: That was Oh, me. my
0: gosh. At the that end of day at zero, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't
1: even my yeah. feet.
0: It, like, standing, fine. Yeah. It was, I overexerted myself on day zero because I was helping out, you know, like I set up the merch booth. I was helping put down tape for lines. And just near the end of the day, I was like, oh, it hurts to walk. Yep. A lot. Yeah. If I'm standing still, it's good. But just, you know, the the act of walking. And usually sometimes you'll get that on day, late day one, late day two. And it was very clear that my muscles were like, we haven't done this in two years. What the frick are you doing?
1: Yeah. (laughs) No, seriously, like that was me uh, during New York Comic Con uh that was me again at anime nyc. i was just like no i thought i, I was starting to recondition these oh right it's been like two years oops <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> womp, just, womp.
0: <laughs> it, and i continued to push them on days one two and three of the con and fortunately it was the type of thing that i would wake up and it would be like difficult to stand yep. like I, I would have to steady myself and the first couple steps that day would be like creaking painful but yeah. by midday, it would be fine again. I'd be good to go, and then the pain would set in again later in the evening. And it was super apparent on Sunday that my ankles and shins were not in a good place. And I was like, I'm just going to keep powering through it. And goodness knows, Monday, I when I just I stood up out of bed to walk the 15 feet to my desk and stayed off my feet for everything else except for that and walking to the refrigerator to get my meals and just my my shins are just about back to normal now on friday
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: um <laughs> what Who, baby uh, casual I,
1: reminder to y'all uh before you go to your next con get in your squats <laughs> like do 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 some laps around the apartment or house just, or wherever you live whatever your yeah. domicile is just just get your laps in <laughs> like you'll <laughs> thank us later
0: <laughs> yeah uh but overall just the fact that, that that's the thing that sticks out in my mind is the worst part of the weekend means it was a pretty good weekend that oh absolutely you schedule one panel because there was an issue getting a screener whatever it wasn't even a high level one um i helped set up the i helped do the soundtrack and everything actually for the anaplex panel and everything uh so that was fun got to see our buddy anthony say hi to him yes yes, uh and all the big events for the weekend went off without a hitch uh the amv contest hit capacity there was the premiere of the new demon slayer episode which hit capacity there was a lot of really good stuff. It, um, I didn't get to see the cosplay masquerade, but it sounds like it was phenomenal as well. So, just very happy to see things come together because, goodness knows, those folks have been planning that show effectively for two years.
1: Uh, I would say longer at this yeah, point. Because if, pl- if you're talking about like. The...
0: Sometime. It was announced late 2019.
1: Yeah. So, like if we're talking about the preliminary steps that led to that yeah. show, oh my God, even longer. No questions asked. Um, so yeah, they've that that was a very long time coming, and it's it's great to hear that it went off really smoothly. So hooray! Very very happy for our pals over at Left Field Media. We we love you guys. We appreciate everything that you do. Please please keep being awesome now and forever. <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: Uh, and last bit of news I have is that GoGo uh, Go Curry Plano announced today that they'll be opening in January. So this is being pushed back from like July, but whatever. We're at least they posted saying you know we're still making the dang thing we're we're that uh they haven't pulled the plug on the restaurant at least <laughs> yep
1: yeah <laughs> good 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 uh curry <laughs> being thrown into our note passing chat yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and, and seriously i'm really looking forward to it because it's a mile and a half from my apartment it's going to be dangerous oh, for me
1: oh oh yeah that's that's basically like just down the block essentially for you
0: <laughs> that's yeah.
1: that's great That is great. So, uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be hearing a a lot of stories about what what Joel has been eating on Fridays when we get together.
0: (laughs) Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag please sponsor us. But actually, like, is this one of our more realistic sponsors? I don't know
1: ironically no anyway we're, we're not going to dwell on that one, one Anywho. <laughs> so, yeah it, we are coming up to the end of the hour and we do appreciate everybody uh who stuck it out uh waiting for us to to get on on the road for today and we will be having our weekly happy hour shortly after this uh so joel i guess Let's do the thing. Let's wrap this bad boy up so we can get to the murder time. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Hey, and they announced 3D murder time last night at the
1: Game Awards. get those Oculuses, y'all. We're going ham in VR.
0: So thank you for tuning in to DKI. This has been episode number 86. I'm Joel. He's Mario. Digital Air Entertainment has wonderful nerdy content going most nights of the week. We have happy hour after this. You can join our Discord. You can join, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, you name it. Uh, we are going to next week be doing, oh gosh, Mario. I spent four and a half hours last night creating an abomination.
1: Is it? Because is next it, is it Saturday, it just, 4 is just p.m. Eastern time. Expecting. Oh, glorious.
0: We're going to be doing. Pokemon Live radio drama, but fed through a bad translator. <laughs> and oh my gosh!
1: Oh, it, it's exactly I, I, what you'd expect. We always outdo ourselves exactly. at the holidays. Here <laughs> we go, we go like, hard at the end of the year. Here, at Digital or entertainment. <laughs> the
0: first time we did this show for the very first radio drama, we played the actual cast recording for the songs because singing over Discord's a bad idea.
1: And also, that was before. Well, actually, no. That was in the early days of the DMCA takedown. So I think we we basically gambled, saying,
0: "All right, we didn't. This thing is so far out there that we don't think that they're actually going to have this on the bot that's scanning for the music rights." And we were correct; it didn't get muted. Thank Um, God!
1: (laughs) I would have been so mad.
0: (laughs) Um, I think it got uh, content flagged on YouTube, so it's not monetized, but it didn't get struck.
1: Yes, and I I still find it hilarious that it got flagged on YouTube and not Twitch somehow, despite Twitch having the clearly more sensitive uh, DMCA flags. (laughs) But go on.
0: (laughs) Um, But we played the songs. We're not doing that this time, but we're not singing either, because no matter how stupid we're going to be singing on Discord is too stupid even for us. But what we're doing, I have fed the song lyrics also through the bad translator. And they are going to be dramatic readings, baby. I'm telling the cast, treat them like Shakespearean fricking soliloquies. And uh, it's going to be a time. It's, it's going to be
1: an effing masterpiece. <laughs> like, it... oh, Mario, I
0: sent out the cast survey today, which has the script. You can look at this thing. So Cam pointed me to, there's a special website that is designed to output bad english translations that it's it it has its own proprietarily written thing and it was made a couple years ago basically the person was like i want to be able to have a tool that does this and i think that most translators are going to be improved to the point that in a couple of years they won't be able to output bad stuff anymore so here's something that you'll perpetually be able to go to to get bad output if you want it for some reason
1: that's dedication right there and (laughs)
0: And the other good thing about this is there was no character limit, that there's like a 5,000 character limit on uh, Google Translate, and then I would have to do multiple filters, so it was nice having this one thing. Uh, but anywho, it's going to be a time, folks. Tune in for that as well. Uh, Mario has stuff on most Mondays, and if it's not him on Mondays, I'm here with the Dream Daddy crew doing crazy things where you're going to be doing, I think, later Alligator once more uh, this Monday. Uh, As always, there's Decode on Thursday, along with my and RJ's usual segment. Uh, Be sure to check out our sponsor, ImageAnime, at ImageAnime.com. You can use the code DISCOUNT20, that deescount N T two zero for 20% off all in-stock items between now and the end of the year, so that's only a couple weeks left. We're going to need to actually talk with them and see if we can figure out anything for 2022. But anyways, uh, you can get our merch at digitaleraentertainment.streamelements.com and uh, pick up all the wonderful mugs, shirts, hoodies, what have you over there. I think that hits all the things. Is there anything I'm forgetting, Mario? Uh,
1: Nope, that is uh, pretty much it. So we will be wrapping it up and uh, seeing you all for some happy hour. So let's bring it on home, Joel.
0: Yes, indeed. Uh, as always, stay safe, stay sane, get your Fauci-ouchie, get your flu shot, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch you <music>